It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Zach, or producer, excuse me, Luke. I guess Zach's kind of a producer, too. But Zach, uh, Patty Keith, Echo Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. It is President's Day, producer Steve. I should have cleared this with you in the pre-call, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a, a thing out there on social media. It's an advertisement for a baseball cap. And across the top it says, President's Day will be postponed until we get a real president. <laughs> and then, bada boom, there did you I, go. Did I say that? <laughs> you did say that. So, oh, But we're really celebrating the birthdays of two, our two, two great presidents, and that is Abraham Lincoln. He was born on February 12th, and then uh, George Washington on February 22nd. And I know that Christy Whaley wants me to add in Ronald Reagan. He was also born in February. So great, a great day. And we are, we are working today on President's Day, Producer Steve. So check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force. If uh, something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff. It could be their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And force could be a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Man, Globalist Elite's Agenda, which is playing out right now, Producer Steve. Every time you go through that list, I think of, uh, what, two years ago, maybe three, almost three years ago, and that list was considerably shorter. So what's happening? Uh, We are seeing PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties continue to try to uh, take more and more power and, and control over our lives. And that's why we do this show, is to help you get your brain around these issues. The new text line is 720-605-0647, 720-605-0647. And uh, let's see, let's uh, jump over here to quote of the day. And I chose George Washington. He was uh, born on February 22nd. 1732. He died in 1799. He's called the father of our country. And he was an American general and commander in chief of the uh, colonial armies in the American Revolution, and subsequently the first president of the United States. And he said this, he said, leadership is not only having a vision, but also having the courage, the discipline, and the resources to get you there. And that is George Washington. Uh, Jumping over here to Bill of the Day, and uh, it's back, I guess I should say. That's the thing about the radical activist left is they don't give up. They're like a two-year-old. They don't give up until they, 
they get their way. And uh, that's the, I think we need to treat them as such, that uh, we need to make sure that we are saying no to this. And this is uh, House Bill 23-1202, and it's called Overdose Prevention Center Authorization. And when we talk about the battle of language, that's the name of it. It's called Concerning the Ability of a Municipality to Authorize the Establishment of Life-Saving Overdose Prevention Centers. Sounds compassionate, kind of. And the sponsors are representatives, representatives Epps and Wilford and Senator Kevin Priola and uh, Julie Gonzalez. And it says the bill specifies that a city may authorize the operation of an overdose prevention center within the city's jurisdiction for the purpose of saving the lives of persons at risk of preventable overdoses. But what this really is, my friends, is this is government putting in safe injection sites where they will be there and uh, 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 making it part of government that people uh, can actually be doing things that are of great harm to themselves. And uh, this, there's no personal responsibility in this. When we talk about uh, these PBIs treating people as pets instead of human beings, uh, the safe injection site, there's, there's nothing compassionate about this whatsoever. And uh, again, the names are so, so, th- so interesting. The Overdose Prevention Center Authorization or Safe Injection Sites right here coming to us right here in Colorado. And um, I guess each municipality can decide what they're going to do. Um, but uh, that seems typically like the, the first uh, shot across the bow is it depends. They'll, they'll start with municipalities, but this is something that they would like to have statewide. And we've got a jam-packed show planned for you today. Uh, go to the Colorado Hispanic Republicans website, and they and the Parker Conservatives are sponsoring a candidate forum for the candidates for state GOP chair. And this will be on Wednesday evening. February 22nd, and uh, you can buy your tickets there, and it will be at Deep Space there in uh, Parker, and so that's a, a great place for you to buy those those uh, those tickets. And uh, great to have in studio with me Brad Beck, and he's a co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, and he we're going to talk about his essay ideas here in the third and fourth segment, but you had a big weekend. I did. I had a great weekend. I know you were there. Uh-huh. And the leadership program of the Rockies had their annual retreat, which is always a great remembering of uh, the ideas and the founding of this country, but I always leave there hopeful. And that's one of the unique things about the LPR retreat is that most conferences you go, you, you come away and you're like befuddled or maybe angry. I always come away being hopeful. Um, I, I love that. I love that too. We've got a, we've got a lot of work to do in our country right now, um, Brad. And engaging in this battle of ideas is so important. Language is so important, and that's why being a co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, and we'll talk about it a little bit here later. But helping people be able to communicate, and in a way, not only with others but with themselves, to try to solidify these ideas and. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about it in just a little bit, but you hosted Plug-In. I did. Which was... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't the founder of it, but that was Dave Scholl, and uh, I took it over a couple years ago. Yeah. And we had the largest uh, attendance and the most speakers we've ever had, and it was amazing, the ideas that came mm-hmm. out of that, and that's what my essay is right. about. And I guess we should explain what that is, is that is uh, any um, LPR member or alumni can pitch their idea 
about uh, what, how they're going to put what they're learning into action. And there were 21 uh, contestants on this, and there actually was cash prizes. And the ideas, I'm, it's one of those things, you know, we're, we're capitalists, but everybody could have gotten a trophy on this one. <laughs> well, they could have, but, you know, we do have voting by the audience as well as a panel of judges. Mm-hmm. And I call it the shark tank of uh, liberty. Yeah. It really, a lot of great concepts, a lot of non-for-profits and ideas come out of that. And it's just an amazing group of people who get to pitch their ideas and then talk about them and then network about them. Yep. And, and I learned a lot for sure. Uh, I did want to mention this, and this should be of great concern. We're going to connect this dot. Uh, Pam Long had sent this headline over to me, and uh, you need to go to my website and read her essay, How the New Office of Gun Control Shall Infringe on the Second Amendment. So she's explained how the CDPHE, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, is causing calling gun violence a health crisis now. And remember what they did last time there was a health crisis, the amount of power that they took. So so they teed that up over there. And then here comes the money. And uh, this is from the Department of Justice, so this means that we, the taxpayers, are paying for this. And it says Colorado was awarded $4.5 million to help combat, combat gun violence. Nicole Fierro speaks with the Colorado Attorney General and U.S. Attorney for the District of Colorado about how the funds will be used. And this is from KDVR. And it, uh, let's see, it goes on, i got to get to where the whole thing is. Uh, the Department of Justice apparently is doling out $231 million to 49 states to combat gun violence. That is our money. And that will be used to fund uh, interested groups, they'll be going out and uh, pushing a narrative. And ultimately, they will be using uh, $231 million of Americans' money to go out to um, start to work to take away the right of everyday people to protect themselves and their families from the bad guys. That's ultimately what how I see it, Brad Beck. Well, you know... In the Constitution, it says, shall not be infringed. It's per- very clear, perfectly clear. And, you know, this is President's Day. Uh, one of the things I think we need to propose instead of this type of legislation is there are less bureaucrats on the road today. We should have double the amount of federal and state holidays so these PBIs are not out there doing these kinds of <laughs> mandates on us yeah. and get them away from the idea of spending money and and infringing on our rights as citizens and more importantly the government should be protecting the liberty of individuals not fixing problems that they created well and the other thing think about it here in denver denver is is in some publications is is receiving the crime capital of the country i've heard that and what's interesting about that is people keep moving out of the central city all cities, all major mm-hmm. cities, to the suburbs and even out to the rural areas. And then they bring their ideas with them, and then those areas get infiltrated. And one of the things I think is important is if, if you're going to have those ideas, then you've got to live with them. You know, I'm not for force, but you're coming up with these ideas, and all these bureaucrats are forcing us as citizens to pay for those ideas and infringing on 
our rights to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's government's role is to protect the liberty of individuals. Right. And so instead of uh, spending $231 million to infringe on our rights and, again, uh, infringe upon the um, right of people to protect themselves against the bad guys. Uh, And so the first thing Congress needs to do, uh, the House of of Representatives, they need to reduce the uh, budget of the Department of Justice. Or just get rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be a great way to reduce that money. That's true. And I wanted to get over here to producer Steve. He is, you know, a train guy. And uh, apparently he was out volunteering at the uh, Colorado Rail Museum, Railroad Museum this weekend. So you were talking to some railroad guys about Ohio and that train derailment. Yeah, there's no doubt that there are railroad geeks who hang there, hang out there. I guess I'm one of them. But uh, some things... I guess if I would have been following it more closely, I would have heard some of these things. The fact that uh, the car that caused the derailment was spotted either, there are a couple different accounts, at least 20 miles away from that particular city uh, where the derailment occurred. Some accounts say 40 miles away, already on fire. You know, the, the issue was that a bearing had seized and caused the axle to basically self-destruct until finally it gave way, and that was the source of the derailment. Also, uh, they have detectors on along trackside that they're called hotbox detectors that look at the train as it passes, infrared heat activated that say, oh, there, there goes a hotbox. Yeah, there's a problem. They went back and looked at it, and it was defective. So this railroad is setting themselves up for a classic, uh, what do you call it, class action lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Probably right out of existence, and then the government will come in and bail them out. I mean, that's just a prediction on my part, but when I was hearing some of these details, and then I went, you know, when I got home, I started cross-checking, and it's like, oh my gosh, incompetence everywhere. Yeah, where were the regulators? Where were the regulators that were making sure that they were doing what they're, oh, what do you think, Brad Batter? <laughs> they're never there beforehand. No, they're, they're never always, there before. <laughs> and they'll come back with some new legislation. They'll make it harder for a railroad to run. Mm-hmm. And more the, the environment of OSHA or any other government regulation putting more impacts on these, um, you know, essentially businesses that are heavily uh, uh, impacted by these bureaucrats mm-hmm. are going to come up with more laws that they have to go and and fulfill and do different mm-hmm. things and there should be oversight but there should also be oversight on the government mm-hmm. and what they're doing to infringe upon people who you know have great ideas the the great northern railroad was a perfect example right. jg james J- james Shahill. and okay. he did an incredible uh, james Shahill. yeah he he did an incredible job of building a railroad without government funds right is where every other one took funds to uh, move regulation. And here was a free market approach that was very successful. Well, and uh, I actually did a show with Randall O'Toole on James G. Hill as well, because he's a real railroad guy, too. And so you can go back and find that on my website at, um, and just put in his name, O'Toole, and that should come up with that. Uh, let's see. What was the uh, our text line is seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven, and uh, uh, I got a text from Wendy. She wants to know if the GOP forum on Wednesday will be live streamed or recorded. I don't know for sure. I'm going to find out. I think what they were planning on was recording it uh, and putting that on there. But I will confirm that and get that answer for you again. That text line is seven two zero. 
605-0647. And the show comes to you because of wonderful sponsors and at the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance team. Roger knows that this life can be challenging. It's the Mangan's team's mission to maximize your financial security as you manage the risks of everyday life. Call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855 for more information. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. IPAC EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive, and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. And uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. Steve, that's one of the things I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be catching up on my emails. Yeah. <laughs> and text messages now too and thank you to all of you okay, now that's exactly what I was thinking because <laughs> I'm th- envisioning you trying to catch up on emails all the while that your phone is raging with uh, text messages it's like uh-huh this has been this has been I and don't not text but it's we've had it's popular it's 720-605-0647 and um, thank you to all of you who support us we are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something very important is happening on March 11th, and that will be the election of the new state GOP chair. And there are seven people that are vying for this position, and we have one of them on the line right now, and that is Eric Odlin. He was a candidate for Congress. Eric Odlin, welcome to the show. Good morning. So... I guess the first thing, Eric, I have to ask you is, are you crazy? <laughs> People have asked me that. I'm pretty questioning it. You know, hey, Eric, I'm going to stop you. Our our coverage, our, our um, connection is not great. Um, is there a spot where you have better cell phone cover, coverage you can get to? Because we want to hear every I word. I thought you I was in the weather up here in the mountains. Okay. Okay. Steve, can we get can we get that better? So I think let's have that jump off and Steve's going to call you back on that because people want to hear what you have to say, Eric. And this is a really important position, Eric or uh, um, Brad. It is. And there are some great candidates in there. And I applaud each one for their courage or their conviction to, to run. Mm-hmm. It's an important aspect. 
I have, uh, I'm not attending this, this year or doing anything as a bonus member, but it's an important opportunity for us to set the vision for the next couple years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some great folks in that leadership position, and we've had some less than great mm-hmm. folks. And one of the things that I think is important for the party leadership is to make a opportunity for everybody's voice to be heard Mm -hmm. and then take action. And that action is getting our ideas, our messaging out there about freedom Mm -hmm. versus force, as Mm -hmm. you always talk about, about the opportunities that are out there for everybody and to represent the party as the party of liberty and freedom. Mm -hmm. But in the past, we've had some people that wanted to direct that from each one of the counties mm-hmm. and tell them how to run it. And I think that's a bad idea. I like the idea of 64 counties having 64 different ideas and bring that all together and let's pick the best mm-hmm. and move forward. Brad, one of the things that I've been struggling with, and because there is a tremendous division right now in the Republican Party, and people say the Republican Party needs to get Republicans elected. I, I agree with that. However... And they say, hey, if, and Reagan said, I think if you're with me 80% of the time, then we're friends. And I agree with that, too. But what I have found is that there are Republicans, and as you know, with the new president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers, I go through all the bills that are scheduled for the hearing for the next week. So I've got this front row seat. And in fact, um, you should go to (laughs) coloradotaxpayer.org. And check that out because we have all the bills that we're rating. And then you can also just put a request in to get our email newsletter. Um, and that I, that's going out today at 9.15 this morning because I work diligently on that. But what if somebody's only with me 40% of the time? That means that they're with the opposition 60% of the time. And that's where I'm really struggling. Well, we have to sell the idea of liberty and freedom. That's what the Republican Party is all about. And if you go back to the beginning of it, it was the anti-slavery party. It was the party of individual rights mm-hmm. and, and to protect those rights. It wasn't to be an executive We're here on President's Day to have executive orders, uh, executive fiat, and to coalesce more power right. under a, a office. If you read the Constitution, Article 2, Section 2, it's very short of what's the enumerated powers of the presidency. And we've gotten to the point where we have this imperial presidency. It started with And Teddy governorship Roosevelt. here? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and it started with Roosevelt. And he thought he could, you know, rule with mm-hmm. the great white fleet mm-hmm. that going around the world to show power. Fine. That's part of national defense, and that's the president's responsibility to protect our nation. But there's not much more. Not much more. So, okay, hopefully we have a better connection with Eric Odland. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kim. Is this better? It is better. So that's good. That's good. So, uh, so you are uh, have your hat in the ring uh, to become the next uh, Colorado State GOP chair. Why? Well, so I ran for Congress and 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 went through, got on the ballot through the assembly, won a contested primary, became a nationally targeted race, uh, learned an extensive amount. And the same mission I had, Kim, in running for Congress, which was to take on this radical left, which is destroying opportunity for my children, remains the same in running for chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. We're, we're losing this country. Colorado's being destroyed by leftist policies. It's diminishing hope for my children, and we've got to address it. And I think 
you know, we have opportunities to, to take this state back, but it's not going to happen in two years. It's going to need a significant long-term strategy. I have extensive leadership experience, but ultimately I'm focused on winning elections, beating Democrats, and restoring sanity to our, our political process. And that is all so important. So, Eric, um, I'm going to ask each um, candidate these questions because they're scheduled to be on the show. Um, And the first thing is, is regarding closing the primaries. Uh, My understanding is, is that there is a lawsuit that has this out there regarding closing the primaries. And the judge had ruled that uh, they didn't have standing because the. Um, state party was not involved in that lawsuit. Where are you at on closing the primaries? I'm for closing the primaries, Kim. And I, I published an article in Campfire, Colorado, making an argument, an argument I haven't really seen articulated anywhere else. And, and I, I think I make a compelling argument. I would sign on as a plaintiff as chairman of the Colorado Republican Party now, we can change the law. It needs to be done through a lawsuit. But we've got a fundraise outside the, the party to support that. Currently, the, the party's not authorized by the FEC to, to fundraise internally to address that. So I would champion that, and I think that makes a compelling case. Okay. Next question, uh, and this is very emotional. Uh, there are Republicans that are... Uh, advocating even, and I'll ask you about Senate Bill 101, trying to put into law to get rid of our caucus assembly process. What's what's your comments on that, Eric? Well, that bill's been killed. And I, I also published a, a newsletter on making the caucus great again. It's the foundational uh, bedrock of, of politics here in Colorado. It's something that if done right, if we we fill out the precinct captain ranks, we get Republicans involved, and we make it uh, a, a, a an efficient process that serves candidates, uh, it can help us win elections. But we've got to do it right. I would work with county leaders to make sure that, that in order to run an excellent caucus process, we need we need to make it excellent, Kim. And and, and right now we're we're struggling to fill out those ranks in many counties. I think the state party can play it. Okay, we're cut, cutting in and out, Eric. So uh, we've missed a couple of those points on there. Um, but let's let's continue on with the next question. Can, can you hear me? Okay, now. Did we lose him, Steve? Okay. Okay. Well, let's. I have a couple more questions I would like to ask him. So, we'll we'll. I think he lives up in the mountains, and I know with weather. Cell phone coverage can get so crazy, um, Brad Beck. That's happened to me before. <laughs> I still have a landline and one of those guys just because of this. Just in case. Yeah, exactly. It happens, part of the deal. But I, I like his ideas of working with each of the counties because that is where I started. I started in Boulder County mm-hmm. in the caucus, in the assemblies. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the, the most democratic way of doing government. It's from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And you got involved in your caucus. I didn't know what it was. I went to the first one, and I learned about it. Yeah. And I think more citizens have that personal responsibility to go to those caucuses and learn about what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what we've found is that more people have engaged in this process. And caucus, the, the word was, uh, I didn't understand it. It's basically another word for meeting. Right. Where you're meeting with your neighbors, you're talking about 
about issues and you're electing people to represent you then at the county party and then there, and people are elected to go to the state um, assembly pro, assembly, and then even national. And uh, so there's two ways that um, people can get on the ballot in Colorado. One is through this process. And then the other is regarding having uh, getting a petition signed. And that is very expensive. Uh, and I think that it's to have uh, have both systems is is robust to to again, the more the more um, kicking around ideas, the better it is, I think, Brad Beck. I, I think so, too. And you have an opportunity to flesh out the better ideas. But people get to participate. They get to be heard. And that's where our founding really was brilliant is mm-hmm. an opportunity for people to gather uh, it comes actually from a uh, indian idea the american indian of gathering together and talking amongst the tribes to come to the best ideas for that culture for that community and when you go through this you get an opportunity to learn who your neighbors mm-hmm. are and you get to learn and listen and i think the listening part is very important because you may not agree with them but at least you have a understanding of where they're coming from and then you get to exchange ideas and guess what there's debate and there's more that comes out of that debate than we would if we were just keeping it inside. Mm-hmm. You get the the better part of, of our government through the listening of citizens. And so I think that's an important part of this whole process. I've heard people talk about getting rid of the caucuses. I'm not for that. I, I'm, a, I'm a person of the caucuses and got to learn about my responsibility mm-hmm. as a citizen in my community. And so with it, hey, Steve, any luck? Have we gotten Eric back or any luck on that? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, we'll have to we'll have to figure something out because I'd <laughs> like to hear what he has to say and all that. And I know that our listeners will as well. And uh, so, yes, that's <clears throat> Eric Odlin, and he is a candidate for uh, Colorado State GOP chair. And uh, so these we get to kick around on these all really important ideas because of great sponsors. And a great sponsor of the show, of both shows, is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five, five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. Great lunch specials. In fact, I'm kind of craving fish and chips. That's my, I might treat myself today and, uh, and do that. But they're great sponsors of the show. And uh, also of the uh, America's Veteran Stories as well. And I tell you what, the show that we broadcast yesterday was absolutely amazing. It was with World War II Battle of Iwo Jima Navy Corpsman Charles Cram. Wow. He went on a few hours after the initial assault, and he received the Silver Star because he was wounded. And he continued to help the Marines that were on, the, the, on those beaches. So it's an amazing story. That will rebroadcast this Sunday, 10 to 11 at night. And then next uh, this next Saturday after that, 10 to 11 at night as well. But again, I get to work with amazing people. And another great sponsor is Three Points Financial. And uh, they, uh, Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz are co-owners of Three Points Financial. And they really help you bring balance to your life and uh, really appreciate their sponsorship. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. 
There's no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact 3pointsfinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers regularly with GRRR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, socialism is not about free stuff. Uh, That is just the carrot to get you to vote for a very bad idea. And we're seeing that play out here in Colorado with the uh, radical activists that are controlling the state Senate, the state House of Representatives, and the governorship. And I know that Jared Polis is trying to paint himself as a libertarian, but he is in charge of all of these bureaucracies that are way out of their lane on what they're supposed to be doing. And so they are doing his bidding, but he's acting like that's not his you know, his agenda. And Brad, it's important that people understand this Democrat party is not the Democrat party of JFK. This is not the Democrat party of your grandpa, your grandma, your mom and dad. This is radical activist, cultural Marxists that have taken over this party. Well, I grew up in a Democrat family and until Ronald Reagan ran for governor and then president, I'm from California. I grew up Mm -hmm. there. I was born and raised there. And, you know, we were just, that was my family. We were Democrat. And when Reagan came into office, uh, as I say, as governor, and then started to do some things that really changed the state for the better, and then he ran for president and he lost the first time, and then he came back. And I had the opportunity to meet uh, Lynn Knopfsanger, one of his uh, uh, consultants, and just being in the room and listening to this man. And it was just common sense stuff. But funny, they led with common sense, and they brought that to the nation. And we're at a point now where people have, especially our president, we look up to him as a leader. Well, our early leaders, our early presidents, were fearful of leadership. Mm -hmm. They saw what happened in Europe, and they studied the ancients. And so they feared a strong central figure. 
and they made sure that there was a, a, a balance between the executive, the judicial, and the executive branches. And uh, it was important because there was a struggle. There was this debate. Here in Colorado, we have a uniparty. It's all mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. There's no struggle. There's no debate. It's all lockstep, and mm-hmm. this is the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And so we get the government when people aren't paying attention, mm-hmm. and they're so busy with their lives. But they're not, again, taking their responsibility as a citizen to step up and be involved in their local mm-hmm. and state government. Mm-hmm. And until we get that through people's heads and they abdicate to a uh, mm-hmm. elected official and now bureaucrats, we're going to get the mess mm-hmm. we have here in our state. It's a beautiful state. There's mm-hmm. a lot of resources, but we can't access those resources because of the right. mentality of so many people who come here from other places. I did come from other places and I learned about the state, the history, the jobs that were available, and the innovation that came from the source of all wealth, our minds. And I started thinking about these ideas and there are good ideas and bad ideas and I mm-hmm. think this state has embedded itself in too many bad ideas. Well, that that's true. And, and that's really what we are in is a battle of ideas. I feel like we're at a Normandy of battle of ideas, and I think that Colorado is at the tip of the spear. That's why we do the show, and uh, and and let's let's talk about ideas. We had mentioned that uh, you had um, been in charge of plug-in down at the leadership program in the Rockies. Uh, I don't know if I would call it in charge of. Uh, how would I say that? I was trying to determine what what would I say would be the right word. You organized it. I guess I was. Uh, I've taken over the uh, leadership of that particular mm-hmm. role, and it's an opportunity. Really, I call it the Shark Tank of ideas uh, for for liberty and freedom. Mm-hmm. And people get a chance to pitch this idea they have or their nonprofit that mm-hmm. they're working in for three minutes. Not a lot of time. No, they can't ask for money. Mm-hmm. They have to appeal to an audience who have three votes, and then they also have to appeal to a panel of judges. And the judges are looking at it a little different. They have more votes. So we have a, a more of a... Of a um, electoral college, electoral I think you college. said. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's more balance because mm-hmm. our folks from the Connecticut program, the Charter Oak Leadership Program, which is a sister program of the Leadership Program of the Rockies. And when I went through the program, I mean, it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. The first class listening to Tom Cranwetter about the Declaration and then the Constitution and our role as citizens in that. I never learned that. I was a product of the L.A. City school system, which mm-hmm. every year it seemed like th- there was a different program. And as much as I love the teachers and, and the process, I had to unlearn a lot of things, mm-hmm. things that I just they were part of me. That's what I was taught. And then when I went through the leadership program, I understood the ideas of individual rights, the proper role of a limited government, and how to be an active, engaged citizen through several processes, mm-hmm. whether it was a learning about the, mm-hmm. the local way a bill goes through our legislature or just being a citizen mm-hmm. involved in community. And so that was an important aspect of, of my relearning. Uh, I got involved in the program, and Dave Scholl came up with this idea through our advisory council. And he moved and and, uh, had to step back, so I picked up the mantle. But it's a great opportunity, really, for people who have ideas, who are alumni and current class members, to to pitch those ideas. And there were some incredible ideas. 
uh, the first place winner this year was Linda White, a friend mm-hmm. of ours. Mm-hmm. And Linda's just got a great attitude, and she's just <laughs> one of these, you know, kick-buck ladies who's, you know, just I, I love her. And she was not wanting to do it, but she knew she had to face her fear, and she did. And she had this idea about grandparents for kids. What a wonderful concept. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talking about how much we have to, to, to solve these problems out there. Well, grandparents have the wisdom, have gone through the wisdom of mm-hmm. life, and they're the biggest supporter of the grandkids. I mean, a parent and a child is one thing, but a grandparent and a, and a mm-hmm. grandchild, that's a strong bond, mm-hmm. or should be at mm-hmm. least. And she came up with this concept to, to have grandparents be supportive of their their progeny. And it's amazing how many people were excited about that idea, because if you, if you Googled it or looked it up on DuckDuckGo or any other uh, platform, there's not a lot of organizations with grandparents. I mean, there, there's the yay max of the world and so forth, but uh, not really an advocacy for that type of an idea. So that idea won. It was well stated, uh, lots of personal stories, humor. It hit the heart, but it also hit the head. Mm-hmm. And people took action and they voted. So that was a great concept. And people really uh, were appealed by that. Yeah. And a cash prize, too. Cash prize, $3,000 towards her her idea and an incubator. And then we had a wonderful opportunity with uh, a new app that uh, um, we had Alan Fuller develop for us. And that was a great uh, advantage because we got away from the paper ballots that Mm -hmm. took 45 minutes for our teller committee to put together. So we had over 200 people there and uh, lots of networking. And what I loved about the idea is it really brings to the top the best ideas from people who have the passion. Now, the the key here is the follow-through and making sure you're the persistence of the idea to to really get it off the ground. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of effort, a lot of time. But all these people who are in the audience, they could be the first follower, Mm -hmm. the person who says, hey, I love your idea. I want to be a part of it. I'm great in marketing. I'm great in finance. I'm great in just... Mm-hmm. You know, taking and doing whatever you need to get that idea off the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we really had a, a wonderful opportunity there. But I started to think about this. Where do ideas come from? And in the dictionary defines it one way. They define it, as, if you go to the Oxford uh, Dictionary, a thought or a suggestion for a possible course of action. I look at it a little bit different. I look at it as observation, seeing what's around there, and then taking the opportunity and putting those two things together for a different outcome. And so last yesterday, I'm driving from Colorado Springs. I'm coming up I-25. Lots of traffic, as you know, mm-hmm. coming back. But there was a guy in the slow in the fast lane going slow. There was an opening. I took the opportunity. I went around him. My outcome was I got to move forward, mm-hmm. taking the action that I wanted to take. Same concept with ideas. They come from your brain. You say, well, man, I'm you know, observing the world, looking what's happening, and then taking that opportunity to get to the next step. And that's, the, that's where the innovation comes from. I look at government, and they're supposed to be protecting rights, protecting their people, but they're in this action business. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be in the action business. They should be in the protection business. Right. And that's where free markets and free people really have an advantage. Today... President's Day, there's not a lot of bureaucrats on the road, a lot of government officials. But there are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. People are going to work today mm-hmm. because it's important for them to have their businesses flourish. And so they're taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And in this battle of language, uh, 
and I may do an essay on this. Uh, we had Yvonne Paez on recently, and we were talking about police, policing. And how did we get to um, lawmakers and law enforcement and, and from uh, elected representatives and peace officers, this whole language? And you mentioned something during the break, President's Day, and this rating of presidents. And uh, why don't you mention that? Well, so— as I've studied this idea of who are the best presidents, you go to Mount Rushmore and you see Washington for founding our country, Jefferson for um, um, Declaration Declaration of Independence. You have uh, Teddy Roosevelt yeah. because he went around the world at that time when uh, the monument was being built. And so he's very popular, mm-hmm. but he was very progressive as well. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about the ranking, and it came from the idea of Arthur Schlesinger. And he did an article uh, years ago, and then his son picked up the mantle from uh, Arthur Schlesinger Jr. And they... I think took about 55 historians from around the country and they started to ask certain questions. But the one, two questions they didn't ask were how were they to their fidelity to the constitution and how were they about freedom and liberty? Those two questions weren't asked. And most of the historians that they were talking to were left leaning. Uh So the list you have, you know, you all of course have Washington, you have Lincoln, but then you have, FDR and you have Woodrow Wilson, which I would argue are probably two of the worst presidents. If I had my choice, my ranking, I probably would have somebody like Martin Van Buren. And people say, who? Uh-huh. And Martin Van Buren kept us out of two wars, one with Britain and one with Mexico. He wanted to separate the um, Treasury as an independent body. Because when you have that purse string in the executive branch, it's too easy just to mm-hmm. write yourself your own check, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I would look at Grover Cleveland, who understood the idea of a gold-backed currency for our mm-hmm. our, our uh, system. Um, he also said that uh, the people support the government. The government shouldn't support the people. Right. Great quote. Uh, Calvin Coolidge. I knew you were going to say favorite. that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, silent Cal wasn't so silent. He mm-hmm. was uh, one of the best presidents for communication when radio came out. In fact, he gave more speeches than any other president in history. His speech on the 4th of July is just brilliant. It's right next to the Gettysburg Address, in my mind, about preserving the mm-hmm. nation and, and what is beautiful and mm-hmm. if it's right and there's truth. Those would be my top picks mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. protected the Constitution. They took an oath to protect the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And, that and, doesn't happen now. Yeah, and of course Washington. Well, we're, Washington we're, we're, for yeah, founding the nation, of course. Lincoln, I mean, yeah. I mean, he could have been the imperial president that Teddy Roosevelt he, started, and he, and he walked away from that. So that. Yeah, and so these ideas are so important. That's why we do this show, is so that we can talk about these ideas. And another great sponsor of the show is Roots Medical. They've been very involved in our healthcare freedom and just so pleased to have them as a sponsor. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. 
Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity as we um, look at these issues through this lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Our text line is... 720-605-0647. And I have a favor to ask you, and I've been collecting some of these, but um, would love to have you text me what you think about the show. And um, we were going to use some of that in our new marketing materials. Uh, the good ones. <laughs> I'll edit some of them. <laughs> uh, but uh, please text that to me at 720-605-0647. Brad Beck is in studio. We're talking about his essay that will roll out this weekend in the next Sunday in the newsletter. Uh, but Calvin Coolidge, you mentioned, is one of your favorite presidents. And he, he, uh, he actually reduced the deficit. Yeah, he did. Uh, Amity Schles wrote a great book on him called mm-hmm. Coolidge. And just reading about his life and his humble mm-hmm. beginnings and going back to when he uh, was asked one time from a, uh, a woman who said, uh, I bet so-and-so that uh, I could make you say more than three words. And he turned and replied to her, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> True. And not only did he, he actually, I said, he reduced the deficit. He reduced the debt. Yeah. Which no. is pretty amazing. Yeah. He was an amazing character because he knew the idea of what a president should do as opposed to not do. Mm-hmm. And he went through the system of of uh, being a local uh, uh, or a mayor and then uh uh, he worked really hard at the pressure of pushing back. People wanted him to do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, that's not the responsibility of not the government. Not the proper role of government. Yeah. And, you know, ideas, uh, they're interesting things because as uh, one of my favorite motivational people 
Orson Sweat Martin said, the world makes a place for people with an idea, with a man with an idea. It does. And whether you're in business or you're doing something for a nonprofit, ideas that mingle with other ideas and create a third idea are always interesting to me. Uh, there's a, an organiz- or a company that was founded in Texas called Bucky's, and it's a great company. They looked at the world as a, a, a restaurant, or excuse me, a, a gas station, but they knew people used them as a pit stop, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they created this idea that they're going to have the cleanest restrooms in the country, and they've been verified by mm-hmm. Cintas. Uh, and so people go to Bucky's, one, not only to get gas, but they'll go there to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. because, as their slogan says, potty like a rock star <laughs> and there's somebody working in there all the time we're going to get our first one in loveland next year okay and or windsor up up north and what's great about it is they found an opportunity and they acted on it yeah. that was the next thing i was going to say great ideas but there has to be execution yes they do and they have to be persistent and, and constantly improve this idea of continuous improvement mm-hmm. and so one of the things that i look at is where are those next great ideas coming mm-hmm. from And when you take something, it doesn't matter political party, it matters, is it a good idea? Mm -hmm. Does it promote individual freedom? Does it stop the uh, Leviathan of government from getting larger and larger? Mm -hmm. And there's better ways to do things, but anytime it impinges on somebody's freedom, I think we have to take a double look Mm -hmm. at it and say, no, 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 we're not going to go down that path. Mm -hmm. Here's a better idea. And uh, when government gives away free stuff... That is impinging on somebody's freedom because that means that they're either taking it via taxation right. or they're taking it from our next generations with uh, debt. And, and the other thing I have to mention is inflation. Uh, they're also taking people's opportunity to flourish yeah. that way as well. So we've got just a couple of minutes left. It goes way too quickly when you're in studio. It does. <laughs> and I do want to make a note. We will work to try to get Eric Odlin back on because I know you all want to hear from all of these candidates. So we'll try to get a better connection on that. How do you want to wrap all this up, Brad? Beck? Well, you know, lately there's been a lot of ideas uh, uh, or talk around uh, the balloons that have been going up here. <laughs> and ideas are like balloons. You know, you you blow it up and see where it takes you sometimes they get shot down sometimes they should be shot down other times they keep floating and they go higher and higher and higher and higher and we should encourage the opportunity for equal start uh, starting areas for ideas but not all of them are equal and so what we have to do is shoot down those bad ideas mm-hmm. through the ballot box through our spending of those better ideas and let the ones that really take off flourish and and expand. Okay. Uh, you got me. I got, I got to just talk about a bad idea. And that is light rail. Yeah. Well, that's always been terrible. Yeah. Anytime you have a forced uh, a tr- form of transportation, have everybody and their brother on that particular corridor, you're losing freedom of mobility because cars can take you anywhere you want to go. Right. A train cannot. Right. And when I see these empty buses or almost empty buses and trains... And I'm thinking about what's that footprint on the planet? Uh, that is a bad idea, but they continue to subsidize it because because there's there's tax money that they're taking from people, and we need to be talking. That's a, just about it. I just couldn't help myself. I can take that 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 all that money and give the the poor in our community a, a car or ride sharing mm-hmm. program, which helps them flourish. Yeah, because they can go where they want to when they want to. Absolutely. And they can, it opens up job opportunities. I think ultimately the great idea of freedom 
or liberty, as our friend Ben Martin says, and that is the responsible exercise of freedom, is it is is the opportunity then for humans to flourish. Right. And that ultimately, I think that's what the founders had in mind. Absolutely. Why not an Uber for for the less fortunate who don't have the opportunity to get on a bus and sit there for an hour or half mm-hmm. an hour for the next one to come? Why not this this idea of somebody coming up with an Uber or a, a transportation system that they could reserve a car at a certain time mm-hmm. and take all that transportation fund that's inefficient and put it to something that is more useful for the community? Like return it back to the people? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be a fine idea? <laughs> Brad Beck, it is always a treat to have you in studio. And again, we'll be rolling out your essay ideas this week in the Sunday newsletter. Looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure to be here, Kim. And our quote for the end of the show, and you'll love this, is uh, George Washington. He said, government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Experience has taught us that it is much easier to prevent an enemy from posting themselves than it is to dislodge them after they've gotten possession. And when the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. It's George Washington. My gosh, today, my friends, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate endlessly well, live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas mistruths or misconceptions and it is getting us into a world of hurt is it freedom or is it force let's have a conversation indeed let's have a conversation welcome to our number two of the kim munson show thank you so much for listening you're each treasured and valued you have purpose today strive for excellence take care of your heart your soul your mind and your body my friends we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, producer Luke, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy President's Day to you, producer Steve. And a marvelous Monday back at you and uh, the cast of thousands sitting in oh, there. Oh, I <laughs> love it. Brad Beck was our featured guest in hour number one. He's co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, which we have a great partnership together. You, Liberty Toastmasters is a sponsor of the show. I'm a member of Liberty Toastmasters. Uh, I have to say that you have, being a co-founder, you have helped many people find their voices, and I'm one of those people. I've shared the, the, the story that I had crashed and burned in front of a 1,000 people, and I totally lost my confidence. And the first time I then got behind the microphone, I could hardly get my name out. And uh, it's your fault that I'm here. How's that? <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> so, and we'll be rolling out your essay on ideas this weekend. Yes, and uh, I've got to finish that up. But 
ideas are what make the world go round. Yeah. And if we have our voice, we can share those ideas. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that uh, mm-hmm. compliment and, and being a member. And I know our other guest here is participated in it as well. And that is Susan Kochevar, another great sponsor of the show. Thank you. It's We are independent. We're an independent voice on an independent station. And uh, we we bring forth these ideas, or to talk about these ideas, great guests. And it's because of, of all the support that all of you out there are are giving us. And, and also, I'd love to hear from you. We're going to be using some comments from listeners in our new marketing materials. I'd love to have you text something to us, 720-605-0647. And if it's really... Um, um, complimentary we'll probably use it and if it's not complimentary i will tell you that i will go to work to improve i think i'll just put it that way brad well you can say bless your heart (laughs) your wife's from the south (laughs) and we know what that means from southern southern girls but susan you are an entrepreneur and owner of the 88 drive-in theater and uh, you've been a great sponsor of the show for many years, and I greatly appreciate that as well. Thanks, Kim, and thank you for all you do. You know, a lot of what you have done has really worked to support small independent businesses and push back on some of that legislation and help give those folks talking points and learn to push back. And you're right, I did learn a lot from Brad in terms of talking to people and getting my voice out. You know, you can teach people to read, but they also need to know how to communicate those ideas. Without those two key pieces, it's hard to make change. And I think you'll find also that the most important thing we learned from Toastmasters is listening. The skill of listening is so underrated. And so we do a lot of listening in Toastmasters, and we need to do more listening in our public uh, arena. Well, and the other thing that, well, a couple things. So next Tuesday is going to be our table topics day with uh, Liberty Toastmasters and Liberty North President Dave Walden's planning on being in studio. Dave's brilliant. So the, that's uh, it's basically impromptu, uh, three minutes, uh, two to three minutes, and to be able to communicate your ideas in two to three minutes is so important because what we've seen with. Uh, our elected representatives now as many times when you go to city council or school board or to uh, down at the Capitol, they only give you two to three minutes. So you need to have your brain around those ideas and be able to communicate them. And people say, oh, that's not that long. But you know what you can do in three minutes in a country western song? That's right. You can lose a dog, a house, a car, a wife, a business, everything. And fall in love again. That's right. Well, and more importantly, though, Lincoln proved that you could do it with a Gettysburg yeah. address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We remember that. We don't remember Edward, Edward Everett, who was the keynote speaker that day and spoke over uh, two hours. And Lincoln did the same thing, or actually more, in a little over two minutes. It is absolutely remarkable, and that is why it is so important that we talk about these important ideas. The show comes to you because of great sponsors, and one of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And, Roger, I wanted to ask you about guaranteed replacement uh, um, insurance because uh, we've just passed the one-year anniversary recently of the Marshall Fire, and there were some rude awakenings for people in that community, Roger. Yes, that was... Tragic in and of itself, and the tragedy was compounded by the fact that some folks thought they had full replacement cost on their house, and I can understand why they would think that at one time you could buy a policy, and let's say you had a $400,000 house 10 years ago, and now it's worth double, 800000 you assume that the policy would track pretty much up to that $800,000 number. 
but not all policies have a PACE formula that increases the coverage on an annual basis. So what a good policy does is ties into the construction cost index and the consumer price index. Using those two indexes, a formula is generated to move your $400,000 house maybe up to 440 the second year and then the next the third year up to 500 and so forth through time not all policies have that provision so please check with your agent to make sure you're tracking with values now we don't insure uh, market value we insure bricks and mortar and what it's going to take to rebuild that house. So if you have a house that went from 400 to a million dollars over the last 10 years, that doesn't mean your insurance should be at a million dollars, but whatever your insurance is at, let's say 800,000, you want to make sure that is enough money to rebuild that house, the bricks and mortar. And most policies, all most policies I know, not only State Farm have in a clause in it that will increase your coverage by 20%. So an $800,000 policy has another $160,000 in it. So you have 960 instead of just 800. You want to make sure your policy has that provision for sure. Now they will guarantee the replacement cost, no depreciation up to those policy limits. So if you have a company you bought your policy from and it's a let's say a $400,000 policy 10 years ago and never moved up, you're going to be out 400000 if that house now burns down. So you really need to take it upon yourself to check and make sure that you've got that coverage. One more thing with contents. So if you have an $800,000 house, you have somewhere around seven hundred, six hundred fifty thousand in contents. Guaranteed replacement costs, no depreciation, but only up to those policy limits. Usually that's way more than people need unless you're into rare furniture, antiques, that kind of thing. But there are a lot of things you need to do as a consumer to protect yourself. And um, I would plead with you to call and make sure that you are understanding your coverage and protect it sufficiently. So, Roger Mangan, what is the best way for people to reach you? You can call us at 303-795-8855 at 24-7. By the way, we do have 24-7, so if you call me at midnight, you will actually get somebody. You won't get me, but you'll get somebody. <laughs> and, um, and it's really good because you could be out at a party at 2 a.m. in the morning and have an accident. You can actually call anytime. 24-7 and get somebody who knows my uh, insureds and you can say and report a claim and get the claim result. It is apparent why you've been in business for 46 to 47 years because uh, the care that you give to your clientele. Thank you, Kim. You take care. Okay. Thank you, Roger Mangan. This is called service. You hooked me up with auto and renters. Props to my insurance mentor. You made it easy to cover my bed in a box and my extensive collection of clocks. You know, I find it kind of funny that you also saved me money. You've got that good neighbor charm. Give it up. For State Farm. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. 
That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our uh, most recent essays. Brad Beck will have one, Ideas, that we'll be rolling out this weekend. And it's great to have you in studio. Thank you. It's always good to be here. I always like to float new ideas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, then ha- and then kick the tires on them and implementation and... You know, all those good things. Uh, Liberty Toastmasters, uh, both of Denver and uh, North, are great sponsors of the show. And next Tuesday will be Liberty Toastmasters Day, which is always fun. There's some great folks that have incredible ideas. Mm-hmm. And I am asking, There's we have other speakers. We, sometimes we kind of have the same people. And I'd like to expand that, keep, keep our regulars. And then there's several others that I think they're a little reticent about coming on the air. But they need to step forward and do this. We're going to have to volunteer them. You know, push them a little bit. Fear is a wonderful thing. It makes you do things you don't want to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Brad Beck's in studio. Susan Kochevar, entrepreneur, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. Great sponsor of the show. And springtime's right around the corner. It's really coming up fast, yes. yes. We're looking to open in April. So you, you've really been paying attention for a long time here in Colorado because you saw these radical activists that are taking over the Democrat Party. And for some reason, they seem to think that small businesses and mid-sized businesses are, have this big pot of money that should be money that they, they can access, they can control these businesses. And it is difficult to start a business here in Colorado, to run a business, and to hire employees now getting more and more difficult every day. I like to call the folks that bring some of this legislation disgruntled teenagers. <laughs> they, they think that they, they look at a business and they're like, well, you know, we would like to work, uh, employees would like to work at this time and they would like to know this and they would like to be paid this and this is how it should run. And it doesn't work that way. And so we have that, the latest bill, uh, House Bill 231118, which talks about predictive scheduling. Now, for a business like mine, I'm seasonal, we're affected by weather, I can't really give you a two-week schedule and guarantee it and pay you if I have to close, say, on a weekend because it rained. I, You know, contrary to uh, opinion, businesses get all of their money from customers. So without customers, I have nothing to pay my bills with. I have... You know, nothing to pay the employees with. I have nothing to have profit, you know, left over. And people think profit's a bad thing. But understand, without profit, nothing happens. Without profit, I can't pay my employees. I can't train them. I can't put in new things for my customers to enhance their experience. I can't contribute to charity. I can't do anything. Profit has to happen. So, um... These legislators uh, clearly have never run a business or signed a paycheck. They have no idea how anything works. I, you know, I, I don't understand how they just think they can 
write legislation and and make things work according to their Mm -hmm. utopia. And the prime sponsors on this are Representatives Emily Sirota and Representative Serena Gonzalez-Guterres and Senator Julie Gonzalez and Senator Faith Winter. They are all Democrats. And But there's been significant pushback on this. This is a House Bill 23118. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you and I, you and I were together at, uh, uh, we were roomies down at uh, the uh, leadership program in the Rockies. And there's been significant pushback and so they're going back to the drawing board on this yes but i'll tell you there's no going back to the to the drawing board even if they get something that they can pass out of committee it will hurt businesses you know and right now we're up against so much the family leave uh, act went through and and actually that was an initiative initiative that's yeah. right got passed and, down and, and the people of colorado voted for that yes and now that they're getting their paychecks they're like, wait wait a minute. And that was almost a 1% total tax. It was 4.5% coming out of the employee's paycheck and 4.5% that the employer pays. Just think of, it's 0.45%, I should say that, 0.45. Just think if the employer had that money, they could hire more people, give people raises. And so now now people are starting to pay attention on that, Susan. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot, but say your payroll, you're a small business and your payroll is $10,000, that's $450 a month. Plus, what else have we seen go up? Utilities went up. Uh, you know, it's just, and when utilities go up, gas prices went up, mm-hmm. cost of goods went up, so all the stuff I buy to serve to my customers goes up. It's very tough. And, and, and it hurts people. It hurts people tremendously. My employees especially need that money to buy gas and certainly pay their cell phone bills because it's very difficult to have a job if you can't get there and you can't contact your employer or your employer can't contact you. That's how we do business these days. Oh, I, Do you want to jump in well, here? Well, most importantly, I think they need to abolish the minimum wage. You hire a lot of young people who have no experience and you take a risk on them being your employee, representing you and working for you. And a minimum wage hurts more poor people than anything else. If you could hire some more people, more young people who get to learn about entrepreneurship and about making a profit and working and the dignity of work, you could hire twice as many young people and they get their first job that goes on a resume and you help them become better citizens. But the, the left looks at it totally different. That you should take the risk and then reward them with more money. Yeah, there's there's so much that they miss. They don't understand that you le- you get your first job, you learn skills, you also learn what jobs you like to do and what jobs you don't. There are some jobs, telephone jobs are not my thing, desk <laughs> jobs. I like running that theater where I'm outside, I'm dealing with the customers, I'm running around. My kids learn that too. Not all jobs are for all people. And um, that's the problem with the predictive texting too. Predictive texting. (laughs) Predictive scheduling. Uh, You know, not all employees are the same. Some are better cashiers. Some are better cooks. There are just different skills that they have. And so, you know, um, and even with the Family Leave Act, if I have a certain number of employees and two or three of them apply for that and get it, then I'm down three people. Well, those might be my key people to run my business. The person that knows how to run my projector has all of that experience. I'm dead in the water. I have those customers lining up at the gate, and I have to tell them, I'm sorry, I don't have enough people to run this evening. And we see this happening. We saw this happening. happening during COVID especially. And currently, the Taco Bell in Commerce City has been closed during lunch because they don't have enough employees or, or skilled people who knew, know how to do the jobs. 
yes, and it's because government has gotten involved in these private contracts between employers, employees. This is not the proper role of government. Susan, you mentioned that your young people that you hire, they want to pay their cell phone bills. And uh, as many of you know, I'm the new president of the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. One of the bills that uh, we uh, that's being heard this week down at the state house is providing cell phones for inmates uh, that are in jail or prison. The cost is two to three million dollars for the Colorado taxpayer. So here you've got your your young person that they're they're trying to make ends meet, pay their cell phone bill, and here they want to pass at this piece of legislation, big money, so that. Um, inmates have cell phone how about the, there's phones there that's that should be appropriate i think brad beck well <laughs> i'm going to bring back what i said in the first hour we should have more federal and state holidays so the pbi <laughs> stay home and guess who's on the road today all the entrepreneurs and the business people who are working towards making a profit so all those other folks can spend the money on programs like you just mentioned. Absolutely. And you had talked last week about a bill going through the legislature that will make it much harder for young people to get driver's licenses and, and drive. Well, they can't get to work if they can't drive. And I know people will say, well, but there's the bus. Well, because of where my particular business is located, it takes almost everybody two hours to get to my business because they have to go through the downtown hub. That doesn't work. The two hours. And then when they get off at night, there's no bus service. These are unreasonable. Yes, dangerous. It's dangerous. These are unreasonable ideas, unworkable. They're working on some utopia, but things don't work that way. And I'll tell you, they will never work that way. If all of these radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party and are uh, state legislators or state senators, if they had to ride public transportation to get down there, you know what? That would be very good for all of us because yes, it, it would take so long for them to get down there. Uh, a, a listener uh, texted this. This text line is seven two zero six zero five zero six four seven. RTD reason to drive. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. You can get to point A to point B. It allows freedom and it gives more mobility to especially those people in our community who don't have the opportunity to get to where they want to go. Plus, I just read something the other day where a young man was walking to work early in the morning and the police stopped him. And basically, they detained him because it was early in the morning, it was dark, and they thought he was doing something to cars. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You have to get up early if you're going to walk to work. It may take one or two hours. Right. And there's people willing to do that, and yet they're being harassed by those folks because, guess what? Colorado, there's a lot more crime these days. So, yeah, the police are doing their work, but they don't know what's going on. Right. Well, and I can see why they would detain him. Yeah. but well, but but if we were not in such a crime-ridden season right now, we're and our hats off to our police officers. I know that there are a few bad apples, and that does happen. But um, I was just recently uh, someplace, and uh, the police were there. They were setting up a perimeter because a business had just been robbed. It's a little business I drive by all the time. I'm like. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. I hope nobody was hurt. Drove by another business same evening. They had the the proverbial wood window now, which means somebody tried to get into their business. This is in the suburbs. Yeah. And so instead of uh, exporting crime to the suburbs, let's import safety into the city. What do you think, Brad Beck? Well, as Dr. John Lott has written about, more guns means more safety. I think everybody should be caring. I think that should be a requirement as a citizen to be trained, to learn how to use a gun, and to be certified in that use. 
But you know what? If you have more people with more guns, you are safer. It's been proven. And every time there's a robbery or somebody's trying to break in a business, the police are there as hard as they work minutes later. Right. They, they can't, can't be there protecting everybody all the time. But guess what? If a w- young lady's walking home from work late at night and there's two big guys mm-hmm. walking on the sidewalk next to her, she's safer. Things are a lot more equal if she has a firearm. Absolutely. Yes. And knows how to use it. Right. And Susan, you and I were talking about it because uh, Pam Long had texted me this uh, information and she's got that very important piece connecting the dots that the cdphe which is a bureaucracy under this governor are are going to name gun violence a health crisis and look what they did the last time with a quote-unquote health crisis susan kochevar exactly they shut down our businesses and i had friends that committed suicide because their business and everything failed It was tragic, the things that have happened. Um, Just, you know, all the shutdowns and people couldn't get to the doctor. I lost my puppy because I couldn't get him to the doctor, to the vet. There is nothing about health in those folks, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to take your kids away through mental health issues, your businesses, your means of protection, your cars. That will be next. Well, yes, mm-hmm. they're working. They're working diligently on that. So, oh, mental health. Yes. Uh, let's see here. That's why we need firearms. Also, not that I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, inciting revolution, but you know, that's why our founders said we to protect need the us against bad guys. Yeah, well, and it could be within our government it too. Could. You know, because we need to protect those ideas that we hold sacred of life, liberty, and the pursuit of mm-hmm. happiness. And uh, you know, if you don't have that right. You get what you have around the world. You have theocracies. You have brutal dictatorships. And when something happens and you can't protect yourself from whoever, then you're at a disadvantage. And we get, you know, this this strong arm, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll get the next Mussolini or whoever. So that's why I don't think, uh, I think the Japanese said very cogently they could not come here and uh, take over America during World War II because there was a, a rifle between every blade of glass, uh, gl- uh, grass. You know, mm-hmm. they knew Americans would defend themselves. And that, and to have have our uh, PBIs trying to take away our our right that is in the Constitution to protect ourselves is it's unconscionable. Which makes makes me just a great segue to the USMC Memorial Foundation, a nonprofit that I dearly love. Uh, they're raising money to honor those that have given their lives or been willing to give their lives to stand against tyranny, to stand against the bad guys. And a great way to help them is to uh, go and contribute at USMC Memorial Foundation. They're raising money for that marine remodel. And you can go that to do that at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And Brad Beck, our guest for America's Veterans Stories, Charles Cram, World War II, Iwo Jima, Navy corpsman uh, went on uh, uh, Iwo Jima a few hours after the initial assault. He's from where you are, Southern California. And he, as a kid, was part of the neighborhood watch kind of thing. And, and they'd organized civil defense. But he said that there was a time that the a Japanese actually shelled right outside of Santa Barbara. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, they, they were shelling uh, the Aleutian Islands. They sent balloons over America. A long oh, time ago. Really? And started, really? Oh, yeah. And, oh. and your hometown of Kansas, or your state, mm. uh, was fired 
firebombed because they would send these balloons over with incinerary devices and start fires all over the place. You don't hear about that. No, we don't. I never so heard that. it's been going on a long time. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not a new thing. <laughs> hmm. I, yeah. Hmm. That is so well, interesting. Why it's so important to read and study history. That's the first thing that Hitler did was to go take away the guns. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any Abs- dictator will. Yeah. Of course they will. Yeah. You can't defend yourself. And that's why $231 million from this Justice Department to take away the firearms of everyday uh, people to protect themselves and their families. It is uh, something we really need to keep an eye on, and they need to pull back the money on that. Uh, Reminds me, intellectual curiosity, ideas. We're going to be talking more about that and Brad Beck's essay. But the um, Institute for Pure and Applied Knowledge, which is Dr. James Lines-Weiler's, his new education model, is uh, so important. It's great for those that are intellectually curious. What do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lyons Weiler is creating a new kind of educational model for the busy, intellectually curious. IPAC EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive and experts in each of their fields with courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, regenerative science, and psychology. There is a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipacedu.org, ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. Three Points Financial, a comprehensive, fee-only financial and tax-focused company, considers all the pieces of a client's financial life. There are no sales or commissions involved, and all advice is fiduciary, putting the client first. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, take time to work with you regarding decisions that affect your financial present and future. Whatever is happening in our world and with our economy, you have financial goals that matter. And Three Points Financial offers personal, real-time plans for savings, retirement, investments, and taxes, both tax efficiency and preparation. There is no better time than now to focus on your financial situation. If you are interested in learning more, contact ThreePointsFinancial.com to schedule a no-obligation introductory call. Mom, why is it so cold in the house? Is the thermostat broken? The Public Utilities Commission approved another rate increase, and I can't afford the bill. Colorado families are struggling to make ends meet. It's time to hold the Colorado Public Utilities Commission accountable and take the burden off our families. Don't get cold feet. Turn up the heat on the Colorado Public Utilities Commission. Visit nomorerateincreases.com to make your voice heard. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Uh, you can, uh, you'll can you get first look at our upcoming guests, as well as our most recent essays. We'll be rolling out Brad Beck's essay this weekend on ideas. 
And I know you've got some great ideas about that. <laughs> I always thinking. Always you're, thinking you are always. Way. You're always thinking. That's for sure. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good, uh, good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Also in studio is Susan Kochevar. She's an entrepreneur and owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. Springs right around the corner. Springs right around the, the-, the corner. And uh, the movie studios have their pipeline of movies back uh, filled up now because, you know, they were really depleted after covid so much so that I really closed early last year because there wasn't anything to play. So I'm very excited about this year. Lots of good stuff coming up. Okay, great. And thank you for your sponsorship of the show. Uh, text line is 720-605-0647. And uh, a listener said, I so appreciate Susan articulating how these policies are affecting us in our daily lives, helping people connect the dots. Sadly, the baby boomer generation and probably the generation before gave their children way too much and did not teach them the value of work. We have generations now of people of people who are entitled and think they should be given everything. If I'm not mistaken, the ideologies that the Colorado legislature is trying to push through are all communist Marxist. <laughs> what do you think, Susan? Uh, no, I completely agree. And um, we may be about to see that pendulum swing back uh, with everything that's happening in Colorado. Last year, I had a hard time finding employees this year. They all want to come back, all my young employees. They, they really need that money mm-hmm. for their families. And well, and this is probably another listener. How do we teach the younger population to value work when they've been given everything? Yeah, well, when things get a little bit tougher, they start to to understand that there are a certain number of them that do like to work anyway and and love creating things. And I love my employees. And the first thing I do when they start working is I'll start talking to them and tell them I'm a capitalist. And boy, does that get their attention. And we start talking about how things run. I try to teach them things, how things work, so they understand where I come from. I'll tell them my payroll is $10,000 a month, and that blows their mind. So I have their attention, and I can start to explain how things work. I, I love them, and I want them to take these lessons on with them. So and you they, want to employ them. I want to employ them. You know, I... I I really like my employees, and most employers do like their employees. I can't run my business without them. They are my very best asset. I love those kids. Well, and to that, Brad Beck, most employers want their employees to thrive and to flourish. If they treat their employees badly, their employees are going to go someplace else. Exactly. And I remember some of my first jobs, I didn't know anything. And so I was They should have trained. paid you. Well, or I, you should have paid them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and some would say I don't know anything today still. <laughs> but, you know, you learn by trying things and working to be efficient, but also to help bring value to the business. Mm-hmm. Because the more you know, the more people look at you as the expert in that particular area that you're working in. And that creates value and that creates self-worth. And so these young people have pride in their work. And then they get rewarded value for Mm -hmm. value. That Mm -hmm. lesson's taught. And Susan's done a great job of bringing people to Liberty on the Rocks or some of these other organizations. So they're exposed to ideas that they're probably not getting anywhere else. But talking about the idea of coming to work and then your payroll and that transparency and letting them understand that business creates value for not Mm -hmm. only them, but where they live and that value for Mm -hmm. value idea is just tremendous. And they're not taught a lot of that. And this weekend, Robin Weiss was uh, awarded the Leader in Action, Mm -hmm. and she has Junior Achievement. 
and talking about economics here locally with these young people, mm-hmm. it's an important thing to learn early. And there's no homeroom anymore. So how do these kids get that information about balancing a checkbook or doing things that will help them get along in life? And so these kinds of organizations and entrepreneurs like you are the vehicle to get that done. Well, and to that point, there's only a certain amount of hours in the school day. And if part of that uh, or a big portion of that uh, time is being used to teach CRT or iterations thereof of putting kids in groups instead of recognizing the fabulous, unique individual, I guess that's redundant, unique individual, but <laughs> that they are, and they're, they're, pre- they're precious and they're treasured and they're valued, to put them in groups, taking valuable school time, or teaching them that, uh, that there's not boys and girls, that you can be anything that you want, instead of them learning how to read and write and do arithmetic, we are doing our kids a disservice. So, Susan, when you say that you're a capitalist... Uh, and those that are pushing this Marxist agenda uh, make capitalism sound bad. Uh, but capitalism is different from cronyism. And cronyism is what you see with PBIs. And so there's a big difference, Susan. It certainly is. Cronyism is when you'll get a big business who will go to the capital. Let's, um, let's just use AAA for an example. <laughs> they go to the capital and lobby for tougher driver's license requirements. And they're the only people who can offer the class that will meet all those requirements for the bill they're pushing. Well, that shoves out all the smaller private driving schools, doesn't it? That's cronyism, and, and that's what happens. And have the state pay for it. At least that's my understanding. Uh, and so, again, takes away the personal responsibility of a young person. If they want to drive, they'd have to get a job at, say, a drive-in so that they could pay for their driver's school. What do you think? Yes. And, yeah, and, and I don't know how they're going to get there. And to your listener's point, um, I'll say something controversial. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> no. Uh, our child labor laws have hobbled our young people. When, you know, over the years when they come to me, I have to teach them how to make change. I have to teach them how to work a can opener. I've had to teach them how to use the claw part of a hammer. They, they know school stuff, but they don't know practical stuff. And that stuff is so important. Just in, you know, if you have your own business, you have to learn how to do things yourself. You can't hire everything. And even for your own home, you have to learn to do things yourself. They're, they're hobbled. But when they learn to do that stuff, they're so proud and they feel so independent. It's, it's fun. That's interesting. So I come from people that work with their hands. So I worked, um, now it was just crop farming. It wasn't animals. But I worked every summer on the farm as a kid. My first job, you know, there was babysitting. My first job was Daylight Donut and Chicken Inn at the age of 14. (laughs) And I am a donut connoisseur. I am very good at that. But I learned this pride of work. And uh, that is really... That has really been the bedrock of the American idea. I also wondered if the eight-hour workday is, I mean, who says it should be an eight-hour workday? And when I was on Lone Tree City Council, one of the council members told me that there was an employee that was very, um, would come in early, she'd get the newspaper before she'd clock in, get the coffee made, and HR came to her and said, oh, you, you, you can't do that. You only you could only work eight hours a day, and we don't want you doing that extra stuff like that. 
I tell you, I was a member of the Society of American Florists, which I still am. It's a trade industry organization, and we have uh, an opportunity every year to go on Capitol Hill and advocate for the industry, which I always thought, well, a lot of times we would have our hands out, and I would push back mm-hmm. on that. But I remember there was one bill about what the work week was, and it was really interesting because the stories we told about people who work in greenhouses seasonally, 40 hours a week, this one woman said, oh, my gosh, if I have to work 40 hours a week, you'll cut my time down half because she would work almost 80 hours right. a week. Because when you're you know, in the season, the sun's mm-hmm. out and your plants are growing and you have to harvest them and you have to take care of them, you work what you work. And this woman was in her late 60s. Yeah. So, you know, it's all relative to the industry that you're in. And uh, to your point earlier about, uh, you know, triple uh, A, the, the taking the uh, bill to the House here or the legislature and passing. I've been a 38-year member of AAA because when I was first in business, that this was all there was if you were road, traveling on the road. Now your cars, uh, the c- cars you purchase, they give you, you know, free roadside assistance. I'm wondering if I need this anymore. That's what I'm yeah. considering. Yeah. I might call them up and tell them, you better pull that or yeah. pull your support for that or clip clip yeah because you're hurting my business now right you you know well let's talk more about that of course we're gosh we're already three quarters in and we also want to hear from you the text line is 720-605-0647 and the column line is 303-477-5600-303-477-5600 show comes to you because of great sponsors like liberty toastmasters 88 drive-in theater and lauren levy who is a mortgage specialist uh in the um in the mortgage arena Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Finding a firearm or training course can be intimidating for anyone, especially when you're new at it. Franktown has everything you need to get started or to improve with a firearm. Franktown is a family-friendly gun store and are invested in the success of their customers, no matter what your age, gender, or experience level is. Franktown sells firearms and ammo at or below MSRP, has an indoor range on site, and offers tactical and safety training. Franktown Firearms is always a safe and easygoing environment environment for all customers. Come to Franktown for a comfortable, no-pressure experience when shopping or learning about your firearm with approachable experts dedicated to your development as the owner of a firearm. Franktown Firearms has everything you need to get started and or to improve on any background experience. 
Visit klzradio.com slash franktown to schedule your firearms training today or find more information at franktownfirearms.com. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim, uh, Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter and you can uh, email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station kicking the tires on these ideas out there we always have great great guests today brad beck was our featured guest in our number one talking about ideas susan kochevar is in here in our number two and again i want to mention the usmc memorial foundation great friends of mine and because of the trip i took in 2016 with this group that accompanied 40 day veterans back to normandy for the 72nd anniversary of the world war ii d-day landings it's truly changed my life and that is why uh, the USMC Memorial Foundation is so important to me, and the work they're doing to raise the money for the remodel is is so great. And a- actually, we recently, they introduced me to Drew Dix, who is a Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and um, I'm going to go down to Pueblo on Friday to meet him in person. They're working on getting information about the American idea uh, out to schools and so again it's changed my life you can help the usmc memorial foundation by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org and you can can contribute there if you want to call in and talk to brad or susan and i 303-477-5600 and uh another listener said china and russia also have balloons probably <laughs> yes <laughs> um but susan you mentioned this legislation regarding the driver's licenses and the first week I, I've taken on this job, and this is all volunteers. We're not getting paid to do this. We do this because we care, and that is the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. My hat's off to Marty, the previous president, and the time that they put into it. And it is a tremendous amount of time. But it's helping me because I'm looking at all of the bills that are coming down and down the, the uh, ready for hearing. The first week, Brad, there were 88 bills scheduled for, for hearing. There's no way people are reading all these. No, no. How did they write all these? They're not writing them. So who's pitching them? Yeah, usually some crony yeah. that wants their, you know, like the AAA bill on the education for driver training. I always challenge anybody who's running for office, what bill are you going to pull back mm-hmm. on? What are you going to repeal? Because they get three, I understand, down at the legislature. So why not say, okay, at least one of them, pull them back. Yeah. Rose Puglisi's got one. It's uh, going to be heard in hearing this week to get rid of the delivery fee. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I like that. So with that, I, I'm like, who, who, who? And uh, this is going to be a question that I'm going to ask each of the candidates for the state GOP chair. Uh, and that is regarding the caucus assembly process. And there are Republicans that want to get rid of it. And they floated a bill. Senate Bill 23101 had um, Senator Barbara Kirkmeyer sponsored it, Senator Bob Gardner, and Representative Mary Bradfield, I think it is. And it was to get rid of, to gut the caucus assembly process. And I'm wondering, who came up with this? Why? I don't know. They didn't just come up with this. Who was it? And I don't know the answer to that yet. Uh, Justin in Denver is on the line. Justin in Denver, what's on your radar? Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? We're good. Good. Uh, sorry, I'm a little late to the segment, but I was just saying, I was thinking back on uh, the lady that you know owns the drive-through. 
one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, as Americans, we do take pride in all of our work, and I've noticed, like, the more that I add value to myself and my job, the more I care about it, and the better of an employee I've become, and that's completely changed my attitude about how this I love isn't it. just a job anymore, this is my career. Sounds like you're working. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I drove over the railroad tracks. <laughs> Justin... <laughs> I, I love that, Susan. Yeah, I've got a comment to that. You're absolutely right, Justin. I always tell my employees, no matter what, you are always your own small business. You are selling your time and your skills to an employer. They pay your taxes and stuff for you. That's sort of the the deal there. But everywhere you go, that's that's who you are. You are always your own small business. And Justin, to yeah, that point, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the uh, bill number, but this is also going to be heard this week, and it is ensure equal pay for equal work. And uh, Cut is taking a position ag- against that. This is not government um, business to get into these private contracts. But let's just think about this. And Justin, I, I, you go ahead and finish, and then I'll uh, I'll continue my thought. Is there anything else that you? But you're absolutely right you've got me going here, is making yourself more valuable, you will be rewarded for that. You would think, and I mean, in the end, that's what everyone hopes for, but I got people that are starting in the same line of work that I am with no experience getting paid the same amount that I've already worked and earned raises for. That's not The other thing I was going to say and mention was, right, it's not. Um, If parents are working 40-plus hours a week... What, when do they have the time to teach their children the necessary skills to be successful adults, like how to operate a can opener? Well, when it, you got 12-year-olds who don't even know how to make it their own bowl of cereal, and they're constantly wanting people to do things for them. I mean, what type of example are we setting our children up? Uh, the excellent example. Uh, Susan, I'm going to go to you first. And this is Senate Bill 23105. It's called Ensure Equal Pay for Equal Work. And one of the comments I made for C- Cut is if, in p- fact, women were being paid less for doing the same amount of work, there's going to be an employer that's going to say, I'm going to hire all those women. So I don't think that the problem exists. And I've talked to young women that have said it's not just the wages, but the flexibility, to to uh, Justin's point, if they can have flexibility to be with their children uh, more often. So, Susan, I'm going to go to you, and then, Brad, you look like you want to say something. You're so. right. They're different, you know, pay can come in different forms. If I may take a little less pay in exchange for flexibility. So that, you should that, have that option. I should have that option. That and the other thing to Justin's point, you know, when you raise minimum wage like that, um, that means the people that have been working for me who have experience and I've taught to work that can open and the register and stuff, then those folks deserve a raise too. So think how much my payroll goes up, how unfair that is to those people who've put in the time and come back and are very good employees. Minimum wage really unlevels that playing field and and is a disservice to those um, people who have the time in put the time in Mm -hmm. brad so you have two employees one who does their 40 hours a week or whatever many hours they they work and then they go home and then there's the employee the second employee who will read about whatever they're into what business they're in i was in sales i didn't know anything but i was motivated to learn more Mm -hmm. the ideas the techniques i went to conferences I learned from other people. I spent more than 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I became better at my profession. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is more valuable, the person that goes home and turns it off or the person who 
puts more time and effort. And then you have this unequal legislation that says equal work for equal time. Well, who's really investing in their future, in the business's mm -hmm. future? I don't get paid for that extra effort, but guess what? I do because I'm a better employee. And so we have to look at it from that perspective, mm -hmm. how much people are investing in themselves on their own time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're not being required. And uh, and the business will thrive. It will flourish. And and the the other thing is is this starts and, and somebody had said in one of the comments that it can create a cat fight between right. your employees. Mm -hmm. So it does, there's nothing good about this that I can see at all. Susan, we've got a couple of minutes left. Your final thought, and Brad, I'll, then I'll come to you. Well, so kind of what Brad's talking about is he's he's building his brand when he's learning more stuff, and that goes right down to how you dress, um, you know, your, your brand and being your own business and being able to market yourself to another employer if you're not happy with where you're working and, and maybe even get a a fight going over who who's going to pay you more so right. it, it's all about building that brand and making yourself more valuable and independent and uh, hard work is one of the great ways to do that so. it is and brad great well, to have you too thank you kim and it's great to be in studio with susan and one of my mentors in business jeffrey gittimer has a great quote it says productivity minus procrastination leads to profit Yes. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've gone through times on procrastination. I'm really getting a lot better about that, though, because there's no time to procrastinate. <laughs> no, not at all. And he's got a great book, Get Stuff Done, but it's a different word. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like to stay in the air, Brad Beck. <laughs> so, again, we got just a little bit more time. So, I, 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 this legislation that, that com is coming down is looking at employers as, remember how the, the left used to say, stick it to the man, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, now they're kind of the, they're the man. Government's the man now, yeah. and they're they're trying to stick it to everybody else. You know? Well, the other thing it does, it really holds all the individuals down who maybe they go and they work for a business, and they're like, I could do this better myself. I want to go start my own business. Now they have all this stuff holding them back. Rules, regulations, It's taxes. so hard to open your own business. And and the other thing, too, if when you're in business, you don't just work eight hours a day. No. You, I work 10 to 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And I, I love the business. I love the kids I work with. I love learning stuff. Um, yeah. And Brad, and I know you're not probably an eight-hour-a-day guy either. No. no. You know, the idea of flexibility now, since Wuhan shut everything down, people learn to work differently. So there's a, a way that we can work differently. Maybe we're not working eight-hour days continuously, but you can work and then take some time, go do what you got to do, and work some more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the different model. That's where the mm -hmm. flexibility will come. So there, some good things came out of it, but mostly bad because of the shutdown of entrepreneurs and innovation. And we didn't need to get shut down. Sweden proved that. And government uh, really choosing uh, what's essential and not that's not their proper role of government. And George Washington said this. Happy President's Day to all of you. He said, government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Experience has taught us that it is much easier to prevent an enemy from posting themselves than it is to dislodge them after they have got possession. And when the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Through the mountains climbing, twisting, turning, further from my home